to combat climate compliance evangelists, and I'd like to welcome you to the month of May, one of the month series on operationalizing your compliance program. And this month, I will focus on the use of your human resources function to help you operationalize your compliance program. This month, my sponsor is Advanced Compliance Solutions. Advanced Compliance Solutions is your one-stop shop for all compliance-related services. Uh, Advanced Compliance Solutions has a new, exciting service offering called the Compliance Alliance, which is a three-step program that will provide you and your team a background into compliance and the FCPA so you can consider how your product or service fits the needs of the compliance officer, the compliance practitioner, and the compliance professional. It includes a boot camp, a podcast series, sponsorship, and an in-person training. Each section builds on the other and provides your customer service and sales teams with the knowledge they need to have intelligent conversations with compliance officers and decision makers. When the program is complete, your teams will be armed with the knowledge they need to sell and service every new compliance client. Interested people should contact myself, Tom Fox. In the evaluation of corporate compliance programs issued by the Department of Justice, there was a section on incentives and discipline. This spoke directly to the need of the HR function and compliance or several other uh, parts of the evaluation which speak to the integration of compliance into your HR function to fully operationalize your compliance program. Each day this month, I will be exploring a different way for you to operationalize your compliance function through the HR function. I hope you enjoy this series. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening. Day nine, executives and compliance compensation incentives. Today, I want to focus on incentives, but looking at senior management and compensation incentives. I thought about this interconnectedness of compensation and a compliance program focusing up the corporate ladder when I read an article in the New York Times by Gretchen Morgetson in her Fair Game column entitled, Ways to Put the Boss's Skin in the Game. Her piece dealt with the long-standing question about how to make senior executives more responsible for corporate malfeasance. Her article had direct application to the anti-corruption compliance programs such as those based on the FCPA or the UK Bribery Act, and indeed on operationalizing compliance. Morganson said the issue is whenever a big corporate settle, corporation settles an enforcement action with prosecutors, penalties levied in the case, and they can be enormous, are usually paid by the company's shareholders. Yet the people who actually did the deeds or oversaw the operations rarely so much as open their wallets. She went on to explain that it is an economic phenomenon called perverse incentives, which is one where corporate executives are encouraged to take outsized risks because they can earn princely amounts from their actions. At the same time, they know they are rarely have to pay any fines, penalties, or face any other costly consequences for their actions. To help remedy this situation, the idea has come to the fore about senior managers and executives putting skin in the game. And her article discussed three different sources for this initiative, which I found appropriate for an anti-corruption compliance program, such as under the FCPA, and certainly as a way to operationalize compliance going forward. The first is a proxy proposal that was made to Citigroup shareholders 
requiring that top, top executives at the company contribute a substantial portion of their compensation each year to a pool of money that would be available to pay penalties if legal violations were uncovered at the bank. Further, to ensure the money would be available for a long enough period of time, as investigations can take years to develop, the pro proposal would require that executives keep their pay in the pool for 10 years. The second came from William Dudley, the president of the New York Federal Reserve Bank, who made a similar suggestion. His prescription included a performance bond for the actions of bank executives. Morganson, excuse me, Dudley said in a speech, in the case of a large fine, the senior management and material risk takes takers would forfeit their performance bond. Not only would this deferred compensation discipline individual behavior and decision-making, but would provide strong incentives for, for individuals to raise flags and issues when, they, when problems develop. I would also add that it would have the, certainly have the effect of operationalizing compliance as well by having senior management and executives not only have skin in the game, but also, as Dudley correctly noted, raise flags when problems develop. A third approach came from the Michigan State Journal of Business and Securities Law by Greg Zipes, who is a trial lawyer for the Office of the United States Trustee, the nation's watchdog over bankruptcy systems. Zipes proposes to create a contract to be signed by a company senior executives that could be enforced after a significant corporate governance failure. Executives would agree to pay back 25% of their gross compensation for three years before the beginning of the improprieties. The agreement would be in effect whether or not the executives knew about the misdeeds within their company. As you might guess, corporate leaders are somewhat less than thrilled at the prospect of being held accountable. Sipes was cited for the following. Cor corporate executives are unlikely to sign such codes of conduct of their own volition. Indeed, Citibank went on so far as to petition the SEC for permission to exclude the policy from the relevant shareholder proxy fight when it was raised. When the SEC declined to do so, at least Citibank shareholders had the chance to vote on the proposal. In the compliance and oper operationalization context, these types of proposals seem to me to be exactly the type of response that a company or its board of directors would want to put into place. Moreover, they have the benefit of a business solution to a legal problem. In an interview for a piece, Morganson quoted Zipes as noting, the idea doesn't require regulation and it certainly doesn't require any new laws. Executives can sign the binding codes of conduct or not, but the idea is that the marketplace would reward those who do. For those who argue that senior executives cannot or should not be responsible for the nefarious actions of others, they readily take credit for the positive corporate activities of which they had little role or indeed often knew little about. More under, under, moreover, under Sarbanes-Oxley, corporate executives must make certain certifications about financial statements and reporting, so there's currently some obligations along these lines. Finally, perhaps shareholders will simply become tired of corporate executives claiming they did not know or could not know what was going on in their business. Having had their fill of hearing about some rogue employees who went off the rails by engaging in bribery and corruption to retain or obtain business and not accept that the leader should not be held responsible. 
Indeed, if you think back to the recent shareholder votes in the Wells Fargo board, several, uh, all of the board members who were up, with the exception of the chairman, basically held on by their fingernails. Now, of course, Wells Fargo chose not to do anything and did not respond to clear shareholder dissatisfaction with the board of directors. Nevertheless, it was a clear first step. So what are today's three key takeaways? Well, the first one is perverse incentives. Corporate executives are encouraged to take outsized risks because they can earn a lot of money and there are no consequences which leads to point number two, how do you create such incentives for corporations to do business ethically and in compliance with laws such as the FCPA? Or if you want to look at it more broadly, a board of directors or senior executives of Wells Fargo. Clearly, Wells Fargo has had some cost recoupment from at least two of the senior executives, CEO John Stump and the uh, lead director or lead officer, involved in the uh, consumer banking unit, Kerry Tolstat. Nevertheless, having uh, a requirement or a mandate that senior executives be held responsible would certainly go a long way towards not only changing the incentives, but also is a great way to consider the operationalization of compliance, because that's exactly what compliance is. And that's exactly what operationalizing compliance means, is to put it into the business unit, put it into the senior executive compensation incentive program. And number three, always remember that you do not have to have a government response to this. Greg Zipes from Michigan State has proposed that senior executives um, sign a contract that they will give back 25% of their gross compensation for three years after the beginning of the improprieties. So, or before the beginning of the nefarious actions. So there can be a business response to a legal problem. There does not have to be additional regulations. And this shows a way that a corporation can take action consistent with what's required under the law, consistent with its own corporate values, and in a way that operationalizes the entire compensation structure. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for joining me for day nine, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 10 of one month to better compliance through HR. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of one month to operationalizing your compliance program through the use of your HR function. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I hope you will rate it on iTunes as it would help our ratings and also get the word out about this seminal one-month series that I'm doing in 2017. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to email me at tfox, that's tfox, at tfoxlaw.com. Finally, I hope you will join me again. This is Tom Fox. Thank you again for listening to this episode.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.